Munya, my texts are blowing up. I'm being sent links. I'm first I'm being told to check the New York Times Insta. I don't have a meta account. <laughs> I don't even I, I don't even know the New York Times has an Insta. I don't even know how to get an Insta. When I follow these links that I'm being called a boomer because like when I follow these links, I'm just like being asked to sign up for meta. To sign in. <laughs> and uh but but finally, finally I am now looking at a screenshot of the New York Times, the paper of record, <laughs> not just in your uh, town where you are right now, Munya, but, you know, globally, let's say. Yes, uh, yes. The New York Times Instagram. I'm looking at a picture of why. My goodness, it's you, Munya. You, <laughs> oh, no. Once again, in the New York Times. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see if I can uh, describe this. Yeah, you appear please. to be in a club and you are presumably on a dance floor and you are making out. Yeah, um, <laughs> that is a very accurate description of what uh, I saw as well, <laughs> uh, to my great surprise that, um, you know, I am now just like on the New York Times. I uh, figured it out because someone who I haven't really talked to since like 2019, I met once at a New Year's Eve party. I mean, like some uh, acquaintance. Um DMs me on on Instagram and sends me that story and is like, this you? And I'm like, oh crap. If someone is if someone like that is clocking me, that means I'm like, okay. I had no idea that this photo one uh was ever taken. Uh and in in the uh club that I was at, I actually like looked at the uh photography, um, you know, like if there was like a disclosure saying, hey, like, you know, the New York Times is gonna be doing a little thing or like you know or if there's like any like disclosure saying like yeah like your photos could be shared um there wasn't any of that so i think like the person who was putting this on was just kind of like sneaking photos in the club and just like like capturing it but like the funny thing is like this was over the summer which means that they've been sitting on this photo for like a good like five to six months and like just decided now would be the perfect time to drop it for not only just like a new york times story but the New York Times year in review, like the photos that made twenty twenty one. You're making the list, dude. You made the year in review. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it is. It is really funny. Um, I was not even like boosting it or anything, and I get a text from my mom an hour later with the screenshot saying, uh, and I quote, "It's a." Munya, like explanation point, explanation point, five explanation points. Is this you? Question mark, question mark. And so <laughs> now I'm like, oh crap. Like, but I will say there's a reason why it is uh, you know, a photo of the year is because look very, very good and hot and cool. So, you know, um As always. good eye photographer. But I will say that it is it is kind of fucking weird to like not like uh you know, probably afterwards, like when you take the photo and be like, hey, like we're gonna probably like post this on the paper of record, like the international paper of record soon or anything. Um, hey, who knows? Maybe bizarre. You know, talk to uh, an attorney. Maybe you can sue the New York Times. Um, I mean, you know, probably I, not, I, I, but uh, probably. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the photos. They just looked like. I mean, like it was like, oh, like this is like the first time, like you know, New Yorkers are getting to like you know, have a 
pre-pandemic feeling or moment. Yeah, um, well, you're having a the moment in this photo. I'm definitely having a moment in that photo, uh, for sure. And I was wearing a <laughs> rain jacket in that photo, funny enough. Like, you can't really tell, but, like, um, there was supposed to be coat check. Uh, when I got there, there was no coat check. Uh, and uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awful. So I had this big kind of, like, heavy-duty, like, Stutterheim raincoat. Uh, that I'm like wearing it and like we've been like referencing that for a while just because it was really funny um and now the raincoat legend is solidified and so I think that that is an also like a really good it is really nice to have that uh as as well to have the raincoat legend be etched in stone uh you in that way so you went to the club you're in Manhattan you're at the club you this is in like, this is in Bushwick actually mistakenly my version's better you the uh <laughs> mistakenly wearing a raincoat into the club and you're you still have the best drip of anyone in there and it okay, makes yes. the New York Times yes yes <laughs> in, in Manhattan yeah <laughs> um you know you and I have been have appeared in the New York Times together. Yeah. We have. That was my uh, New York Times debut. Faces in a crowd, you know, recognizable. Yeah, you right, and me and Max right. in an important crowd. Uh, and we were the focal uh, I mean, point of that photo, but we were, you know, like <laughs> we, we were definitely we, we stood out. But like, you know, <laughs> there was other people in that one, too. Oh, my God. Um, but this one, we are definitely like I am like the like the subject of it. Yeah. You know, I like always knew on there. celebrity was in your future. You know, you just have that <laughs> coming off you. Monia. and you know that's that's uh why we invited you to be on the podcast uh yeah, because it's a smart you know, we, business we just movement. wanted to we want to ride whatever coattails <laughs> you've got wherever they lead we're just gonna keep on riding them sky's the limit hey, this guy is the limit if you move to new york and six months later you can be featured as like the quintessential this is what new yorkers are doing and like looking really cool making out in the club From Seattle, that city of the future, on the bleeding edge of neoliberal dystopia, today. Boom! Let's go! It took us, like, you know, a little bit, but we're we're starting to <laughs> get the hang of this intro. I think, I think, I know. Uh, I think we'll like, nail it. By the time it Colin yeah. gets back, we will actually yeah. know how to introduce this uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, I have now, uh, against my will been forced to actually learn it um <laughs> i'm greg uh i'm here with my pal munia hello how's it going it's good to be and back it's good it's good to have you back munia it's good to see you um yeah i'm here in seattle munia you're in uh brooklyn new york city greatest borough in the world baby <laughs> all right someday we'll have an episode uh where you uh try to explain to us what the fuck a borough is yeah <laughs> but now you know what everyone wants to talk about what we do every week on the podcast your weather report uh let's Eve see cool. here it's seattle we're coming after your gig yeah. baby <laughs> oh my god i haven't thought about that guy in a while um <laughs> Folks, it's fucking cold. Record-setting cold temperatures. The high today was 23 in Seattle. Uh, what? Got, 
Are you kidding got, me? That's the fucking high, dude. It got down in some <laughs> places to like the forecast. I saw forecast as low as 16. I don't think it got, I think it got as low as like 18, some, some thermometers. Um, That's unheard of this morning. What, what, it is what? unheard of. It, like it does not get that cold here. What? The, the high today, which is like a record of uh, a 22 degree high is, is a record going back that, to 1990 where there was a day with a or a 23 degree high today there's a record in 1990 with a 22 degree high um and like i mean you know we both grew up here like Mm -hmm. we know what the his the you know have a vague sense of the climate patterns of this area over the last you know 30 years and like when it when it does get cold here it's for like a day, maybe, you know, yeah, like, right. holy shit, we got a real crazy cold, cold snap where it got down to 25 degrees. Like, holy shit. Yeah. And maybe that coincided with the uh, humidity for there to actually be snow. And then like when we were kids, it would be melted by the next morning on mm-hmm. the streets. Mm-hmm. And like you might have we, some. In, we in would get one snow day and then one delayed start basically yeah. at school. Yeah. 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 And. You know, there have been some snowpocalypses since then, you know, where it stayed cold enough just below freezing for like four days after a big dump or something that like uh, that. I'm thinking of like uh, now I don't even remember what year that was. Uh, it would have been. Well, that I mean, like if you're thinking about like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, um, I think it was oh nine. It was like oh eight or oh nine or something like somewhere around that. Oh nine. When yeah, we really okay. got dumped. Yeah. 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 I guess the night of Christmas, whatever that. So Saturday night. It snowed like got like I got like six inches here on the ship canal and then the temperature plummeted to the 20s and it's remained there since and it's supposed to remain there through the week and then we're supposed to get more snow before it ever warms up which is something that like that's like Midwest weather that's like something I've never even heard of happening here. No, I, I have never experienced that happening here. I mean, everyone basically like if this was this exact thing is actually the like the scaremonger story that I was hearing from people when I told them that I was moving to New York was people from Seattle uh-huh. be like, oh, you got to watch out for the cold. Oh, you got to, you know, like it snows there and it stays. I'm like here, you know, you better like get a heavy jacket or something like right now in New York. Uh, it is a uh, is rainy and 37 right now. Um, and it's like. I think in the forecast we're expected to hit the mid forties to maybe high fifties um, in the middle of December, which is just really strange. So I feel like you guys are just like kind of like a re- reversing roles here for the winter, at least uh, for December, at least. Well, I mean, we're starting to have like real seasons apparently in Seattle. Like what, you know, if you're not from here or if you're not listening from here, like the Puget Sound region, the weather here has always been like just you barely have seasons like it, you it's have very all four mild seasons but yeah. they're all mild mild summers they're mild, mild winters yeah, and like summers are great because like in uh seattle the, we're really far in the northern hemisphere so the sun is out for a while um but like we don't in the rest of america when you think of summer you think of really intense heat and it's not and intense humidity. heat and humidity and there's none of that it's like maybe like 73 and sunny at most with yeah that's most chill. of the summer it's like yeah. 70s maybe low 80s and that's always been the case but 
lest you forget, and you may not have been here for this, Munya, but this summer, yeah, we right. had record-breaking heat. This year, 2021, it got yeah, up I remember to 108 yeah. goddamn yeah. degrees in Seattle. Something when, you know, I mean, in over the last 30 years, it hitting like 101, like one day in August was like, holy shit, you know? And this isn't one year. And so basically, we have now uh, scorching summers. And, and that we had, you know, the over 100 degrees for like a week in the summer and now we've got this week of like uh below 25 degrees into the teens even uh I, what could be causing this what what could be happening i have no idea i'll just i'm just gonna go on with my life i guess yeah i mean like it uh, i guess we'll we'll just have to yeah like you said i think we'll just have to go on with our life um this is uh just something that is happening in the ether there's nothing that's actually affecting these weather patterns at all or you know intensifying them in any way where it might make it unmanageable in the next like in our lifetime <laughs> especially like in the next you know maybe decade uh like we're, everyone's having yeah. fun now it's like oh snow day and like oh you know, we'll, yeah cool we'll start talking about this but no one wants to go anywhere because of covid anyway of course plenty of people are because the holidays but like like traveling back from Christmas if you if you went somewhere, but like um the, nowhere on earth is built for the weather that we're gonna have for the rest no. of our lives. Seattle isn't built no, no. to swing between this like freezing temperatures and hot like the infrastructure is not right for that and it's not gonna get correct. And that's gonna be the case everywhere. You know? Yeah. To no, one degree it, or another. Exactly. Exactly. And like the fact that basically throughout our lifetimes, like we kind of like had that same, you know, type of feeling of weather pattern. And if, but if this trend continues, that's a dramatic uptick, right? Like think of like a line basically being relatively flat and just suddenly, you know, in like just like a year or so, um, it, the volatility just goes up. So if that can happen just in one year and like basically upend, you know, precedence of like decades and like, you know, even more than our lifetime of, uh, history i mean imagine where that can go if it can be upended this quickly right like i mean it's not this is not how any city in america and really around the world uh, less maybe like a few like concept ones um are designed for at all it's gonna be bad yeah. folks it's like not gonna it's be gonna good be bad. you know I, I sort of somewhat ironically said i'm just gonna go on living my life though obviously that is true like i'm not gonna do anything about climate change <laughs> i mean like what uh, well, I mean, the, see, the thing is that we all we all know like what's actually going to solve climate change. You know, if we say it, we might be, um, you know, arrested. Uh, but like, you know, that, like, yeah. I know what it is. You know what it is. <laughs> we all know what it is. We just could never really say it. Yeah, it's organizing a, a working class, which, yeah, can get you arrested some places. Uh, that's yep. what he was talking about. Yep. Um, but mm -hmm. I would like to tell some people certain types of fucking obnoxious scolds to just go on fucking living your life uh and just just stop just stop thinking about any of this there was a lot of this going around in various ways but this was the most odious one uh i know you saw this because i uh retweeted it um this is <laughs> this is just a beautifully a beautifully odious tweet here <sighs> Are, this is from God. sunday morning i think are you a bus no <laughs> Don't drive today. I don't no. care where you're from, what you drive, 
or how careful you are, you will get stuck or uncontrollably slide down a hill and not know what to do. Oh, damn. Well, I was about to I was about to drive in like this, like insanely dangerous weather. But when I saw that tweet, I really was just like, damn, you're right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you had a little sanity check there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's followed up with, OK, who didn't listen and is now stuck on a hill? Yes, yes. Oh. Own the service workers. <laughs> yes. There, and you just said it, man. Like, who is this for? <laughs> what about this society makes you think anyone has a fucking choice about anything? <laughs> who is this for that is going to be influenced? But like, people don't want to fucking, no one wants to go to work for any reason. Okay. The only, what is all the traffic out there on the roads? Why do we have 19 lane highways? It's because people, have to commute to their jobs which is what they need to do to live and there aren't any other fucking options people are going to go to work because they fucking have to and they're going to drive in the snow and get stuck and some of them are going to die because of that okay uh i'm not endorsing the fucking system here okay i'd be the last person to do that yeah no i mean it's it's this wrapped idea of like essentially making everything about personal choices the same thing as like when we talk about like covid and everything like you know it's always about individualizing the problem to the it it being like someone's like moral moral choice to do what they do and like the reason why our system is so stupid is because the people are stupid like that is really what this kind of like boils down to is that these people are uh dumb the people who drive are dumb. the people who own cars are just inconsiderate and polluters right that that's individualizing a problem that is essentially saying that we have all the agency we just choose to like run this society in the stupidest way possible when that's not the choice there's like you know bigger forces at play capital is making like you know like it controls our life we don't have fucking choice in this society at all like i, I there's a reason why people um call uh happy hour happy hour is because it's after work right the hour that <laughs> yeah. you get after work to like uh-huh. have a drink and not like you know be told what to do your whole life right um you know like that is reality and what we live in to survive in the society we have to do shit that nobody wants to do on behalf of making a few people a lot richer and sorry, but that's what traffic's about. Like you said, Greg, that's what, that's what even like the f- idea of even like, you know, the, on a more like on a deeper level, even like that's what the idea of how we organize a family, the idea of like why we even have like the transportation that we have, um, you know, all of that is like super connected, but then to boil it down to just someone's like stupid bo- personal choice to drive in the snow, um, it's j- it, it, it is solely for your own ego it's solely for you know the audience of others who have the ability to actually work from home um which is uh sorry that is like a specific subset of like professional workers who are allowed to do that um you know indefinitely um it's it's just it it hits on something that is like bigger than this one person is bigger than this one tweet this idea that we can just individualize everything to the point where um we all we have it implies that we have the power and we have the agency to act in this current material environment, which is accepting that hey, the system actually works is what we choose to fail it. The system's failing us. I'm sorry, it is, and it always has. Yeah, and I'm sure this this twerp would retort that like, well, therefore, uh, you know, 
the larger solution, the socialized solution of mass transit. And obviously, yeah, I mean, we would be too, but yeah, like, great. that's not what this, show me, show not me what where this it is. sentiment was about. And, and also people like you don't have a legitimate like idea of how to get there um, because it involved that thing you were talking about earlier. <laughs> Who, who's going to deliver your Uber eats like that? I mean, like really? <laughs> yeah. Listen, next time you have this impulse, just tweet about trains instead, because we would never make fun of your no, uh, your boring urbanist uh, public transit tweets on this show. That no, would, no, no, you no. Know, we would never make fun of your banal observations about uh, public transportation in- infrastructure and how how good it is on this show. We would never do that. So. Ooh, ooh! Look at the density in France. Now let me superimpose that onto Seattle. Look at that! <laughs> Whoa. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Uh we've uh just 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 cool it with a scolding, okay? Just I'm just sick of it. So, from one disaster to another. Uh, <laughs> okay, so everybody knows we even t- we talked about it last week. Uh COVID's back. Uh uh it was gone, but it's back now. Um so like I want to hear about the the New York city experience because we didn't have you on last week and like just watching from afar seems like once again just like uh bedlam broke out and i want to know were you one of those people out there uh tweet scolding people about like (laughs) "Ooh, you just wait uh rest of america you're laughing now in new york but this is gonna be Watch you out. in T minus uh, three days. Yeah. <laughs> was that you, Munya? Um, or you be honest? Were I, you sending I'm, those tweets? I'm, ne- I'm never a scold like that. No, um, <laughs> and I and I wasn't. But I will say that it did feel like it did happen overnight. Um, I was one of the people. Honestly, like, I was one of the people. Like you know, like uh, going out. I was actually one of the. I was I was a target of the scold. No, no, you were out at the club. I was out at the club. No. <laughs> um yeah the the the, i've been inside all year people are really pressed about that um (laughs) but uh uh when you was out um at one of his many like staged paparazzi (laughs) occurrences you know where he's you know posing with uh, various hotties in various cool locations (laughs) like i haven't seen the beach Uh, shot from you yet the strolling on the beach on a long lens one like that you gotta yeah we gotta need make to that do happen. that but I mean, beaches are kind of you know? mid here that yeah the beaches are kind of mid here but like oh know, yeah okay it's better yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, atlantic city yeah 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 actually beach, i think that that's the next jersey move. right yeah, i don't know beaches in jersey i mean there's beaches in new york too but it's just this <laughs> okay. far actually shout out to the max hamptons. for taking me to the beach this summer that was cool yeah there you go there you go the hamptons let's try it let's try that maybe there's a mexica somewhere there is getaway a long lens New York Times freelancer photo of you and Max strolling down the beach together. Yeah, the, the subhead will be connections reborn, life after COVID, and it's just me and Max like just like shoving like Russian food into our uh, into our <laughs> face like with like five beers. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> really that cool Russian community good. over there. There's lots are really out there like that. Um, <laughs> shout out to Brighton Beach, uh, but oh, yeah. I yeah. Freaking COVID really just kind of felt like it went from zero to a hundred real, real quick because, you know, New York at the start of the pandemic, if you remember in like March of 2020, New York was just like awful, awful, awful. I mean, like that's like really yeah. where it was um, bad, but what is not really where, talked about where after old people like 
the elderly were being like holocausted in nursing homes, just like literally as, as biological weapons carriers to like back to nursing homes to uh, dose and murder as many old people as we can to save social security. I presume was the motivation. Uh, yeah, there. and then and then and then healthcare was cut by Cuomo too by the governor. Yeah, um, and then he you know went on CNN and was um you know uh, libs were like oh he's uh, I'm a Cuomo sexual now um you know but. Uh, so that was that was that was a city in uh, in 2020. But, um, you know, after that kind of initial spike, uh, regardless on why that is the case, is like, you know, uh, COVID cases were way down. And New York actually did a really good job of um, or at least New York people um, did a really good job of at least like, you know, uh, managing it um, to a point where even though the city is like the worst design place you want to be in for a viral pandemic like COVID where you're in a highly dense area that is really walkable, a lot of indoor spaces. Like, I mean, like it's not, um, the apartments are not designed for you to really be in them for like too long. You're supposed to be going out a lot (laughs) because like your apartments are a little small. Um, so it's, uh, not an ideal place to be, but, um, the vaccination campaign was like pretty successful in New York and the COVID cases because of that uh, were way down. To really participate in society within New York, um, you know, I don't think there's any vaccine mandate, but to actually participate in anything, you do need to show your Vax card everywhere. Um, And so, you know, it makes it so that you, uh, it's like pretty, you know, COVID cases were pretty low for a while. But then all of a sudden, and I have a theory that this is because Lewis Hamilton was robbed of the F1 championship, but that's another story. But after Lewis Hamilton was robbed, um, suddenly COVID cases began to spike two days later. And it seemed like I realized this when I was on TikTok and TikTok has a really um, uh, specific algorithm where it knows where you are. So it will feed you local content of people. I started to see on my page, like everyone being like, holy shit, they were like sending um spreadsheets like google sheets and excel spreadsheets of their friends who were double vaccinated some who were boosted and they're saying holy shit guys like all my friends are getting covid i think i have covid right now like and you just scroll and you see everyone just kind of panicking over it and it was like oh crap and then like you know and then a few days later like you know i was starting to feel sick like other people were um and the reason was is because like omicron was uh basically like breaking through the vaccines and it wasn't just like one specific vaccine it was like breaking through Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson and uh, Moderna vaccines. Um, if the booster wasn't fully saturated, you can probably expect to just get it and not just get it, but experience the effects of getting it, losing your sense of smell, being like out of commission for a week straight, being sick, right? It's not just like you're asymptomatic and testing positive. Um, so it like shut down the city and like strangled the city to the point where it's just like, I mean, Everything like New Year's Eve was supposed to be a big thing. Of course, Christmas was supposed to be a th- big thing. All those events are now canceled. Um, people are saying oh, that no, it they feels count, like count, canceled Times Square March New Year's Eve. Oh no! They canceled Times Square New Year's. No, they, they were only so excited it back for there. that. That one, 
No, yeah. And that one, they just scaled it back. They said only like five adult diapers are allowed um, in the crowd instead of a, <laughs> instead of a 10 by per person. Uh, <laughs> yes, appa- apparently, listeners, that's true. People do shit their pants at the, at the, um, <laughs> at the New Year's Eve festival <laughs> um, in Times Square. But I don't know what's worse. Eric on People show up yeah. planning to do that or that people show up not knowing they're going to and end up doing yeah. it in yeah. mass because it's literally probably the worst like human experience you could I mean just well, like it, it, I can't is, imagine it, a, I can't imagine a worse thing I'd rather I, I'm not even going to say uh, the things that like are equal to that in my mind attending would be would be offensive to say you know I, I it's it's such a modern American thing because if you think about like healthy societies and how they view the new year right it's not like you know like refreshing a new, maybe like, you know, um, you know, looking back and being grateful, um, you know, for what you have, but also just like, you know, like thank, being like thankful with the world wiping and everything, the slate clean. wiping the slate clean and, you know, starting anew. Um, with the American experience, um, at least if we want to zoom out and think about what's like the most quintessential, um, you know, like uh, ritual that we have in America would be like the, what's highly televised, which is like the ball dropping on Times Square. And like, it seems like it's like a death camp ritual almost like where uh, we're in this death cult and we have to like torture ourselves in this like, you know, large room where we have to like have like the worst time of our lives. And that's how we're going to start the new year out. We're basically going to like get tormented, um, you know, in this like large crowd of people. And it's a shared experience where we're all like shitting ourselves and pissing ourselves. Um, Simultaneously. Waiting for like this ball drops. While all these ads are just like beaming surrounding us, like radiating um, because we're in the middle of Times Square, um, you know, and then it just ends and you just like have to stumble your way home after that. Like that, that, that type of ritual is not a ritual of like a healthy society in my view. It's not healthy to be like crammed like cattle into an area with like a million people who are all simultaneously dehydrated and pissing themselves. But that's not healthy. <laughs> so what was the deal with like getting testing, getting like the at home kits? Like, yeah. did you manage so to get people a booster? started panicking? Yes, I did. So thankfully, um, I got a booster one month before this went down, I got it in like, you know, nice. like the middle of November before I came back to um, Seattle around like Thanksgiving time. So um, I was fully boosted and fully saturated. Thankfully um, I had the um, Pfizer boost um, and I had, I had the Johnson and Johnson like a uh, vaccine, which by the way, like worked really well in New York. Um, fuck the haters. Um, and, but then like the, uh, <laughs> fi- <laughs> then I got the, then I got the Pfizer, uh, booster as well um and so i thankfully um waited in line and you know it's cold in new york right now so like we were like all waiting in line i stumbled out of bed like i mean again like i thought that i was gonna be in for it but remember i learned my lesson from the hospital trip and so i was like okay so i know where i am i know where i am um this is not gonna be like the west village or the upper west or whatever right where there's just like you know, there's probably going to be one testing place for this whole community here. Right. And sure enough, when I get there, I just see a line down the block and then it was like wraps around like all the way. We, we have places that's like private institutions called city MD. That's where you typically get your COVID uh, test. It's not mm-hmm. like specifically that, but you know, city, a, you, a city MD is like where 
um, the most common way you can get a COVID test. And um, they have like a lot of different storefronts, like brick and mortar storefronts across like uh, New York. And so the city MD that I went to, it was just like packed and I had to wait about an hour and a half. But then uh, in true New York fashion, a van pulls up sets up a tent and like has a competing COVID test center. Um, Hell right, yeah. Uh, you know, next to the city MD. And I saw that and I just like, like I you got a, over there. You got a COVID test from a street vendor outside yeah. the ball game. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. You didn't want to pay, yeah. you know, the, the like wanna, you the know. <laughs> prices inside the stadium. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That you know, like, yeah, rocks. the stadium pricing is like, you know, it's the same thing. So, um, so you saw yeah, the so van like, roll up, throw out a ta- a folding table and you got you started your own line <laughs> i was like fuck yeah and then yeah and then you know a lot of the city md people uh follow suit so actually you know it's funny one of the city md employee actually encouraged me to do it um so i was like yeah all right well hey you know like a uh, pcr tests are a little harder uh to get so they did that tent did both a rapid and a pcr um mm-hmm. And I got my rapid test that turned out negative. But to be honest, guys, uh, rapid tests uh, are bullshit. Um, if you get tested, po- here's here's my rule of thumb with rapid tests. If you get tested positive on a rapid, you have COVID for sure. Like, you know, but if you test negative on a rapid, that doesn't mean that you're negative on COVID, you know, because like, I mean, rapids, yeah, you like, could, there's a lot of false negative. You could rapid. have it and are not able to pop that test yet it may you know whereas in the next few days you might be able to so like yeah yeah and it's just not as thorough and so like pcrs are like the kind of the gold standard um they're a little bit harder to get in new york but you can get them and thankfully this tent provided pcr too so i got a both a rapid and a pcr swab uh pcr came back negative as well which is great however like um at that time i um my good friend was visiting over and like you know it's like yeah like, like um, it was so cool. We had like a reunion, like three best friends and we were all like going around New York and everything. Those other two friends, they tested positive and one was like really out of commission hard. Like, you know, like he kind of like just, you know, I, I think that they both watched just Curb Your Enthusiasm all day. So maybe that that was played a factor in it too. But I mean, they were like really like just like, you know, taken out of the game um, and they were fully double vaxxed and everything. And so People were uh, testing positive left and right. Uh, a lot of people who I was hanging out with um, suddenly tested positive. Uh, but thankfully, I was negative, but I still kind of felt like symptoms. I did was I was feeling off like that whole week. I um, definitely like had like you know like stimples and like a cough and stuff. And so even though I tested negative, I was still like not feeling great. Dude, I bet um, you had it the whole time. And I, I I I had to. I mean, literally. I mean, I was doing so many activities with them, like in very close quarters. And like, you know, we were all, it, it doesn't make sense that I wouldn't Dude, have how it. How contagious Omicron is. No, it doesn't you, make sense. You, you, you must've had it. You must just not have probably if you'd gotten your test, like three days later, you would have, yeah. you would have uh, gotten positive. I mean, we'll never yeah. know, but like, yeah, no, I mean, I was assuming that I did. Cause I mean, it, it just, it was so, it was so over the evidence was so overwhelming that I had it. Like, I mean, like, I was not feeling great that whole week. All of my friends tested positive. I mean, we were like in like packed bars, like watching that F1 Grand Prix. We were like, you know, we're going out. We're just like, you know, experiencing it like we were protected from the vaccine, basically. So um, for everyone else, making out in public with impunity, making out in public with impunity. Exactly. Um, (laughs) And looking very cool while doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, like that was kind of the experience. It just kind of shut down all of a sudden. And now, I mean, like, you know, I've just been 
the barometer, if you want to know, just like stalk me on Steam and see me. If I'm playing Civilization <laughs> a lot, that means that like shit is shut down. And I've been playing Civ 6 um, a lot now. Nice. Uh, that sounds good. So, I mean, that's yeah. like for me here, like I won't have any work um, till first week of January, like probably like a week into January. So like mm. if I got sick right now, like I wouldn't even probably wouldn't even bother to get tested because like I'd have to like go somewhere. It is really hard to get an at home test here um, in Seattle. I don't think it's I mean, I think there are longer lines that, to get tested now, but like, you know, it's never been particularly hard to get a test here. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know that I would bother, except I did see. And this is the kind of this is like the exact kind of tweet that is like designed to be in my brain. This is exactly how I think I saw someone mention. I don't know. I don't remember who this was, but like I saw someone mention like that. Oh, someone was like scolding people for going to the ER or something to get um, <laughs> yeah, COVID yeah. test after they test positive at home with the home test, but they want to like know for sure, get the like PCR test. And some people mm-hmm. were scolding them. And then someone said, well, like, yeah, they're, you know, one reason people may be doing this is to get it on the record that they had COVID because. Right that may matter down the road for insurance coverage for, you know, for all kinds of reasons for reimbursing stuff for potentially. And then this was the real like big one was like for future health complications and any fucking coverage for that, or maybe future legislation or anything where you somehow need to prove that you had COVID to benefit from it by some fucking stupid means testing bullshit. Cause you know, we don't mm-hmm. have universal health care. Um, and I can totally see that. Like, I, you know, I have some minor weird health problems that were new as of spring 2020 that, you know, uh, at least partially think may have been related to having COVID in March of 2020. Um, And uh, I'll never know. But uh, who knows, man? But anyway, at least if you did have it, it wasn't that bad. You didn't get to the hospital. I mean, with the booster. No, no. Yeah. Like me, you probably have a stunningly powerful immune system. So. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a lot of people say, many people say, folks, that I'm built different. Many people say my immune system is the best they've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I mean, in all seriousness, like you know, my immune system is like pretty good for the most part. Um, and you know, uh, I my tests have only come back negative. Um, I, even though, and like none of my friends have been hospitalized from it. And I think that that's like the point of the vaccine is basically to you know prevent death and prevent hospitalization and yeah. so you just instead because like honestly with how violent this variant was if we weren't vaccinated i bet that we'd all probably be hospitalized because like if that's how it is like with the vaccine like i can't imagine how it would be without so it was pretty like a pretty bad week-long illness yeah even yeah. with your recent booster yeah yeah i mean like it was it was bad to the point where like i you know, I didn't, I, it was, it was enough to like probably say like, uh, I shouldn't really work today type thing. Um, it wasn't as bad as my friends who weren't boosted. Uh, yeah. I will say that my friends who weren't boosted were experiencing a lot worse things I could even relate to, you know, like I, I could still like kind of go about my day inside of my house and like have the energy to like, you know, like cook and clean and, you know, kind of like live with this, like 
a lot of um, sniffles and a lot of like, you know, coughing and maybe losing my voice at times. But uh, my set of smell was still there. And like I wasn't and then, you know, I would be sleeping from time to time, um, like getting kind of exhausted in the evening. But I wasn't like, um, you know, bed bedridden or anything, which uh, some people really were who didn't um, have the booster um, yet or just didn't have a fully saturated yet. So booster, I think like I think that that would be the main difference, because I'm sure that I would have been that way too easily if I just like just didn't happen to wake up one day and walk over and got my booster. Well, it was like good. just some. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really crazy. Uh, it happened that way. If you're out there and you haven't got it yet, um, find a line to stand in and get that booster, everybody. I, I plan to do that, I guess. I don't know for the rest of my life. Um, mm-hmm. until, until I can get my hands on that Cuban vaccine and then, um, actually never get an illness I ever need again. That. You know? I need that. <laughs> um, okay. So let me, I'm just, you know, this is sort of the, the like, the down street level per, you know, the personal experience, um, Mm -hmm. of COVID, but you know, as we know there, it's uh, a bigger issue than that. Um, let's hear from Joe Biden about, uh, what's, what size of issue it is exactly. I mean, the, 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 the COVID was on the ballot last election in 2020. Like, I mean, that's why we voted him in. You know, that is a good, that is a good point. That's a good way of putting it. I seem to remember Biden making the case that unlike Trump, he was going to come in and like spare no expense and do what needed to be done to end this pandemic. And listen to the scientists. Listen to the scientists. And uh, well, here's here's Joe Biden uh, in the midst of this enormous, you know, Omicron wave. Here he is. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. There is no federal solution. Well, I mean, you have to give the man credit for just being honest. Yeah. Um, now, uh-huh. to be, to be, you know, I'm maybe an asshole, but I'm a fair asshole. And he was mm-hmm. talking to like the like organization of like Democratic governors or some or the National Conference of Governors or something. So in a sense, he is like trying to convince them to do something or butter them up or right, something, whatever. Right. But I. That is the context. It doesn't actually matter. He still said this shit, which is an insane thing to say. Uh, and but on the other hand, it's true. I mean, that's that's the reality that we live in. Is like the truth is insane. It's, tr- it's true. It's true because they choose to make that true, right? I mean, like we all know in our own concept, and then at this point, what it feels like a utopia that not for anything to actually work on a mass scale whether that's the abolition of slavery or um you know like solving like you know the covid pandemic you have to do it at a federal level um and yeah it has to be a national thing and fight a war mobilize Uh, a class (laughs) to fight a war yeah yeah Uh, yeah yeah famous famously states rights did not um uh solve uh you know the question of uh, of uh, eradicating something bad uh, and yeah. eradicating something bad now is the same thing. It can't be done at the state level. Like I it think, has to be a federal thing. Not even a federal thing. It has to be an international thing. Yeah, which we'll, well get I mean, to later. I mean, there's so many levels to how fucked up this is. But again, like I, I stick with like I think what you just said is true. That and I think you have to hold these scumbags to the standard that they are choosing to not be able to solve it at the federal level at the other on the other hand there is a truth Mm -hmm. like there is a truth to what he said about like the fact like 
he knows on some level, like he's just there. He's just like a guy, yeah, right? Like as a figurehead, there is there is nothing he can actually do because our system does not work. Our pol- like nothing about our federal government works. Our politics don't work. Now he could do maybe what a Bernie Sanders would do in office and. Uh, try beat his head against that system, uh, get pissed off about that system, and then maybe <sighs> try and push through with an an ex, an exertion of administrative effort some like key pieces of what would be involved in an actual federal mm-hmm. response that was reasonable and might like contribute to eradicating this virus, um, and ultimately fail. Um, but yeah. like it might yeah. look a little but- different. But, and maybe expose some of the contradictions yeah. at the very least, right? Maybe As like that. a you know a consolation, like you know expose it like <laughs> this, like even even when he tries, like that shit will still grind him to a pulp. But you know, uh, yeah, yes, no, you're the right. Contradictions, they're being exposed. I say, oh, as, I'm, yes. as I'm literally drowning, as I'm like drowning and drowning and like coughing, doing dry coughs while drowning. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank God that the contradictions have been elevated yeah, and exposed. Take, I, I mean, I like your your formulation of that as a consolation because I mean that's that's <laughs> what this is. That's this podcast, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's no, a consolation. Literally. Like, yeah. you get to what we. We get to know. We get to see it. We our eyes are open. We're <laughs> yeah. fucking woke to this shit, We're man. Dead. We are awake, yeah, yeah. and we are seeing our flesh being gnawed away from our bone bones. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, I mean, if that gets you off, I guess that's why you're listening to the show. You're that type of guy, and um, you know, uh, God bless you. Uh, and I love you for it. Yeah, but what's happening instead with Biden is that. Um, the it basically feels very much like the Trump era. Like yeah. we said this last yeah. week already, but like I'm pretty sure, but like by now, well more people have died under the Biden administration with about the same amount of time in office. And you know, you can sit back and say, Well, like, yeah, I mean you can all you can just well, yeah, I mean that's it's a pandemic, it's growing exponentially, it's that's what's going to do. And it's like, well, you know. Like you said, money. It was on the ballot. The idea was that competent, govern democratic governance could come in and stop that. You know, that's what people were mm-hmm. hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what we see is like, no. What they stopped was the interference with the economy uh, on the ways that in the ways that capital is evidently concerned about. It's still interfering and will continue to interfere with the economy in ways that they don't care about, like the loss of workers uh, yeah. from you know death, but. Uh, yeah, the rhetoric is a little different, um, though not by a lot, uh, on all the superficial things, I guess they just keep saying, believe in science. I, oh my God, I fucking love science. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to science the shit out of this, this shit. Mm -hmm. And, but (laughs) like like, the Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. Science bitch. You know, like they're doing that meme. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, rice and beans is basically, uh, the Trump version, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, but like, that's the only difference, right? It's rice and beans or, uh, yeah, science bitch. That's, yeah. that's the difference between, <laughs> fucking, but it's the same otherwise. And it's just so like, I, none of this is a fucking revelation. Like we knew we've been saying this for two fucking years. Uh, but what are you going to do? I don't know. That's where we're at mm-hmm. to the point that 
uh, the newest, like, I guess, actual administration development to the extent that we have a federal government that's doing anything. One thing they're doing (laughs) is basically um, uh, issuing recommendations. That's what (laughs) that is what the federal government can do on so many levels. Writing writing letters of recommendation for what you you should do (laughs) for you to make in your personal life. So that, so that, you know, they're basically, we need a barometer. We need a metric against which to scold people. Mm -hmm. And that is what we've got. So if you're not, you know, following the, the mask recommendations, the arcane as they are and ever changing, if you're not, you know, following, you know, the quarantine, but then, and this uh, one, the quarantine, they're, they seem to be there. I I submit basically as a barometer against which to scold people because what else yeah. the fuck is this yeah, for? Yeah. Um, the the story here is that the CDC changed the recommendation recommended quarantine period from ten days to uh, five days after a positive wow. test. Ten days to five. I mean, that's like that's cutting it in half. You know, it's it's crazy how the mutation just made it so they were less contagious. Uh, suddenly uh for you know half of the time that's a pretty big uh a pretty you know beneficial revelation for us that you know suddenly covid is like two times less or you know like half contagious than what it used to be that's well, cool the thing about it is like that 10 day that 10 day thing is an arbitrary 10 days mm-hmm. that was like I think what matters more is like when you get a negative test at some point, like, I mean, that's the thing. It's like the, the whole idea of a quarantine timeline like that. We know so many people react to this so differently. We know it's going to matter humongously depending on whether you're vaccinated or boosted, like probably how long you're contagious because it's how, how much of the disease you're producing in your body. So like, I think, the larger point for me is that, yeah, mm-hmm. you can we can laugh and I think we should, as you say it, like how the this arbitrary decision, like, oh, all of a sudden, even though as we're having this massive wave, like, yeah, it's important to get back to work. So uh, let's let's, <laughs> so uh, let's cut that let's down just, from uh, 10 to <laughs> five, up. which is basically to allow companies who like feel like they need to follow the uh, CDC recommendations to go like, oh, you had a positive test five days ago. You're back in the office tomorrow. Yep. Um, Here you are. But like. The real answer for me is that the, these like these just very vague or like hyper standardized recommendations are fucking meaningless anyway. No one's following them and they don't really mean anything. Probably like a lot of on a 10 day quarantine, by the time you got your test because you had like symptoms that you noticed and were like, oh, shit, I probably have covid. A lot of people, especially maybe boosted, probably aren't contagious well within that 10 days mm-hmm. which they maybe could find out if we had a universal testing regimen right yeah. not to say so that maybe if you were testing every if you had uh when you got sick and you went into government supported quarantine where you were getting fucking money and fucking food delivered to your house and like you know toilet paper and cold supplies and tests and every three days uh you took a test or when your symptoms subside to some point with guidance from a practitioner on the phone telling you okay your symptoms are at this level why don't 
you take a test and it comes up negative. Oh, it came up negative and you're feeling a lot better. Now you should quarantine for another three days to be sure. Okay. But this is the kind of thing that you can do with a fucking public health system. And these quarantine, the these things they put out just on any, what are the quarantine, whatever else it is, these just guidelines, they're meaningless. Nobody's following them and just they don't fucking shit. mean anything. They're just, they're just saying, saying shit. shit. They're just saying shit. Uh, but I mean, we have to have some like standard by which to scold people. And that's what's mm-hmm. most important. Yeah. I mean, that's all we got, whether it's, whether it's not taking uh, a car to work uh, or if it's like, you know, uh, quarantining for five days instead of 10 days, uh, you know, that's, that's what we have left. Cause that's the only thing we can actually control with our lives is what we spend on. And like, you know, what, how we perceive of ourselves against others. Yeah. Well, that's been your COVID update. I mean, uh, you know, the as ever, like there's other countries to compare this to uh, case in point. You know, we won't go into it because we don't really have time. But uh, hilariously, China's uh, COVID zero policy has resulted in um, uh, their life expectancy surpassing that of the U.S. for the first time, according to some people's metrics. Uh, that's fun. Amazing. <laughs> Congratulations, Amazing. China. The graphs uh, is just like you can see American life expectancy going down, of course, for the last few decades slowly, yeah. but just plummeting. Just plunging. In I the mean, last like, like year absurdly plunging because just so many people have died i mean probably over a million people have died of covid in this country yeah uh so uh i mean some there's a university washington study that says like the covid death numbers might actually be undercounted by as much as 57 percent holy shit we put us at 1.4 million ish or something like that yeah, because what the official count is over eight hundred thousand, but that's yeah. the whenever you have an official count um, specifically related to that given illness, um, you know it's probably higher. Yeah, and we know there's all kinds of ways they're undercounting it. Uh, okay, so we're gonna move on to the real, the big local story. You know, we like to talk about Seattle politics here because hey, it's just so fun and uplifting, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it really is a window on. Uh, what is what goes on in every uh, neoliberal major city in America? Um, yep, it's the blueprint, and and where it's headed. So our Democratic mayor, our progressive Democratic mayor, as one of her last acts in office, is has done something truly uh, bold and beautiful. Uh, the headline in the Seattle Times: Mayor Jenny Durkin will use veto to keep hazard pay in place for Seattle grocery workers. I'm a round of applause for our Woo! mayor. Nothing but respect for my mayor, Jenny Durkin. That's my mayor. That's why we vote um, blue no matter who, guys. So like this... there, we, we had to like suffer through a lot of bad <laughs> things, but I mean, that last one was a real banger, I gotta say. Okay, so this is the you know hazard pay bump of nearly $4 an hour that's been in place in Seattle since january uh so not from hardly from the beginning of the pandemic from just from january 2021 uh an extra four dollars an hour for grocery workers largely um you know as a recognition of our uh the grave necessity that they keep working during this pandemic and all the 
risks to their life, not to mention indignities suffered by them. And this was uh, approved by the city council back in January. And, you know, here's Durkin. Wait, vetoing the repeal of the hazard pay? Hang on a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, what? that's right. That's right. Uh, we talked about this. I assume this was last week. Maybe it was the week before about the shiftless, good for nothing, most progressive city council ever, maybe in American history uh, yeah. of Seattle voting eight to zero <laughs> to repeal uh, the hazard pay bump, effectively issuing a pay cut to thousands of grocery store workers, giving a fucking handout to the grocery store lobby, which had been threatening capital strike and just lobbying intensely otherwise for this never to happen in the first place, for it to go away, uh, threatening to fucking close stores. Uh, and they literally did this. They they just ish, they gave uh, insane thing to do. Just give people a pay cut when you don't have to, when this pandemic is still going on. These are all things we've said. The, the pandemic's still going on. We all know this. You have that as political cover, whatever yep, other factors yep. exist to not do this, to not repeal it. But what the city council did unanimously with, except for Shama Swant, who obviously wasn't there. And as we all know, would have voted against this uh, <laughs> if she was, I mean, has said as much in very uh, harsh terms about the council doing this. Uh they voted to do this. And what we said at the time on the show, a lot of other people in this town said was that obviously it's cruel. It's heartless. It's fucking plays into the hands of the fucking grocery lobby into the hands, of the, you know, the interests of capital. It's also just politically insane. Like, I don't know why you would do this, like issue a fucking pay cut to a bunch of people who maybe theoretically might want to vote for the most progressive city council in history or whatever. Like, you don't have to do this, but they did thinking that uh, evidently having been convinced like that, this was the right thing to do. Like, Oh boy, this is ticking. They've been pressuring us for a year. We gotta, we gotta relent now. Someone got them all on board. Someone made a compelling argument. Some lobbyist said like, now's the time. And they all looked one by one. Like, yeah, I guess we're going to do it. I'm not going to be the odd mine out. I'm not going to be the Shama Swant because Shama Swant's not here to make a fucking stink of it. Uh, and there were people in this town who, when la us and other people were like, fuck you council, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> this is your last act fucking Lorena Gonzalez, who was like, you know, again, as we said, like, you know, talking about how much of a friend to labor she and the council were and like uh, they were mm -hmm. patting themselves in the back for passing the they fucking were thing in the first place. congratulating themselves. On and, they, shit. and they voted to repeal it. Now, we and a lot of other people said, like, this is insane. But there was this attitude of people in this city of, like, guys, like, look, let's not alienate 
the council here. Let's don't make fun of them. Don't yell at them for doing this bad thing. Ooh, like be nice to them. Let's like we don't want to we don't want to I don't know push them to the right or like alienate them from labor. Yeah, we or, don't like, want to radicalize them. Yeah. We don't. It's it's the same fucking um, logic as like a oh let's not dunk on the incels or else they'll like uh, become Nazis because like they're like it's like oh like, what it's that, <laughs> it's that instinct combined with this uh, this diseased idea about electoral politics that like you have to appease these people that you have to like the project of may you know activism i'm going to call it is is about like massaging the mental health of elected yeah. officials of like getting them on your side of yeah. like convincing them by like not being mean to them that you'll like you won't piss them off because like if you as like labor, the working class are mean to them, they'll turn on you later or won't be there for you. You were mean to me as if it's like schoolyard, like schoolyard politics or some shit where it's like, Ooh, like you were, you said a nasty thing about my outfit. Like I'm going to, I'm going to like hang out with your enemy or you know what, you know, some of these fucking cretins might, might think that way, but you are insane to think that way. It, yeah. If you want anything to change in America or your city, these people, generally speaking, are the fucking enemy. And if they're doing something you don't like, the idea should never be to like appease them and get them back on your side. It should be to get rid of them. None of these mm-hmm. people have to be there. They can all be replaced. That's how fucking elections theoretically work. So if you're theoretically even, yeah. even wasting your mental space on fucking electoral politics uh, you know like that should be the basis like you should get rid of the fucking people yeah. who do shit like this who aren't there fighting for the working class who aren't shama swan uh-huh. um absolute insult to all these people to watch jenny durkin have to come in and stop them from doing this our <laughs> Our neoliberal right-wing Democrat prosecutor, <laughs> fucking anti-homeless, like ah. anti-worker scumbag yeah. of a mayor, just see the obvious political reality that this is like a nightmare that you cannot do this. She cited her statement that it's, oh, this new Omicron wave, which, you know, people said like it was already coming. Like just because New York hadn't popped off, like it was like two days later that New York started yeah. popping off, but it was going yeah, exactly. around the world when they voted on this shit. Mm-hmm. Like it yeah, was no, it was it was there. It wasn't like it, yeah, exactly. I mean, like South Africa found it. Um, it was spreading all across Europe um already, and who knows how long that was happening. Uh, it was in the news when they were repealing it. I mean, it was the, so absurd to anyone who would take a second glance. At what was happening to know that like how absurd uh, that move was at that time. And these absolute idiots, the the supposed progressives, fucking Teresa Mosqueda, fucking Lorena Gonzalez, fucking Tammy Morales, Tammy Morales. the fucking, you know, uh, the these like socialist adjacent Bernie people even uh, allowed themselves to be convinced that the thing they had to do in that moment was vote to repeal this unanimously. They couldn't, they even those people could have voted against it, but no, they got, someone got in their heads with the Seattle process. Like, you know what? We need to show a united front on this because it's the mm-hmm. right politically uh, correct thing to do here. This is what we need to do. The pandemic's winding down. It's safe now. We're all getting boosted. We can do this. No, they need a return to normal. Which is what tells you that 
that's where their allegiances are, that they're able to be convinced like that. Because if it was Shama, if she'd been in the room, she'd have said, fuck you. You could tell me that they yeah. fucking obliterated uh, coronavirus from the earth. I'm still voting against a pay cut for the working class because yeah, fuck yeah. you. Because eat, eat my ass. What the fuck? Why would you ever do that? So in this situation, it would have been so fucking easy for Teresa Mosqueda, for Tammy Morales to just fucking vote no. Yeah. And Why that is evidenced not? by the fact that days later, Jenny Durkin has to come out and say, guys, pump the brakes, you fucking idiots. On, we guys. can't do this. This is a, dis- can't do this it like is a political that. disaster. We have to do this. This is So this is Teresa Mosqueda. Oh, God. In the immediate aftermath oh, of Jenny, <laughs> Jenny Durkin saying like, hey, listen, we need to keep this in place. I'm going to veto the dumbass council's yeah, uh, seriously irresponsible counsel. vote to take to give the working class of Seattle our important uh, essential workers a pay cut, and we're we going to keep that in you place. Guys. And just an absolute slap in the face to the idiot fucking council. Uh, this is Teresa Mosqueda. Yeah, let's hear. Let's hear what Mosqueda. This is the say. tweet here. Um, we are now seeing the effects of the Omicron variant will have on our population's health and the elevated risk grocery store workers will face in the months ahead. So basically like the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's with these new developments that grocery worker hazard pay will remain in place. And her statement continues. I'm proud to have passed and led the first in the state hazard pay for grocery workers in Seattle and proud to have extended the hazard pay three times as data on COVID evolved working with uh, UFCW 21 earlier this year. That's the grocery union. We were able to ensure that grocery store employees receive temporary hazard pay as compensation for the work they've done. Blah, 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 blah. In the last week, the emergence prevalence and severity of COVID has increased due to the Omicron variant. We have also received new public health guidance and advice evolving as late as last Friday. We are now seeing the effects of Omicron variant and will have our population's health and the elevated risk grocery store workers will face in the months ahead. It will, it's with these new developments that hazard pay will remain in place. Uh, The new development is that uh, Jenny Durkin vetoed it. Um, now who knows, maybe these ass clowns all did get this briefing and were like, oh shit, we made a mistake. And they all went to Jenny and said, gee, just veto this. Otherwise we'll have to, we all changed our mind. We're going to do it again. But again, it comes down to these fucking idiots made this choice. They were convinced in that moment when they didn't have to be, when the pandemic was still on and they could have said, yeah, eat my hairy ass. I'm not voting for a pay cut for grocery workers. Go fuck yourself. Whatever your argument or whatever your data is, suck my dick. It's irrelevant. And they didn't. And they, didn't. And they yeah, could have. Yeah, yeah. They could have easily is, said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on. There's still a pandemic on. I don't know. Are we really sure this is going to work this winter? Like, isn't there a new variant coming out? Isn't that reason enough? Can we not postpone this a month and then maybe I'll." asked to postpone it a month again no none of them said that they all fucking got on board so look they're evil or stupid whichever it doesn't matter they've yeah, made they, fucking they, they, they made clowns of themselves once they're again clowns and they're clowns the and Seattle they're never council is on for. the actual workers side when it matters 
when it actually comes down to it because there isn't an actual backbone. If you can be swayed on giving workers a pay cut, that means that, you know, this labor stuff is kind of for show. It's a constituency. But at the end of the day, when like rubber meets the road, or do they actually believe that shit? I mean, this is what the council would feel like entirely the most progressive council in the world, oh, the most progressive council in America, blah, 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 and Seattle has ever had. This is the shit that we would constantly get if we didn't have one fucking council member who actually gives a fuck who is Shama Sawant on our council. I mean, like, that is the dynamic. People who aren't really guided by um, a firm principle, probably like, you know, not like have like a backing in um, theory and are really just there to manage uh, Seattle and look at things from all sides. And guess what? Guess who's in their fucking ear all day? If you could get swayed by these fucks and not have an actual uh, position other than, ooh, look at the data and not see this as a clear win for workers and just to have that locked in, COVID or not, COVID is the opportunity, but you want to raise workers' wages. That's the idea, right? And uh, like, you know, um, if you can fold on that, you can fold on anything. It's embarrassing. Yeah, the other the other thing that this obviously reminds of this is like this perfect inversion of the head tax vote from mm-hmm. 2019 when the 2017 council, or sorry 28 it's 2018 so I think. 18 um, 18 yeah yeah, yeah 18 um, the council voted unanimously nine to zero to pass this very modest proposal for a very modest tax that would hit Amazon and the other massive corporations that employ people in Seattle to go to pay for social services like homelessness prevention efforts and public housing and stuff like this. Um, Very modest thing, something that Shamus Want had championed for a long time, was instrumental in, but managed to get everyone to vote for. Then, like Jeff Bezos called Mayor Jenny... Uh, she like you know started a shitstorm in the papers, like went crazy and fucking. Uh, they had a veto-proof majority. They could have passed passed this through if they hung together. Yep. And they instead, having actually done it, having done the work, having cast the vote on this very like modest thing that would have been good, they uh they caved and they repealed it themselves rather than let it get to Jenny's veto. Again, a thing they could have done. They could have let Jenny veto it and then come back and had to vote on it again. They were just like, nah, fuck that. We'll just vote to repeal it. We'll just get it over it. Yeah, because they're weak. Uh, This this perfect reversal where they do one thing and then it gets, they, they don't have the foresight or the backbone to like prevent or see the thing coming down the road or prevent it. And Jenny just upends what they're doing and and lest we forget uh a lot of people on the council uh now well well, actually fully five of the current members of the council were there in 2018 they include council president current council (laughs) president lorena gonzalez were present Uh for that debacle um uh socialist adjacent uh bernie krat teresa mosqueda who we just Uh read from Shama Sawant, obviously, who did not vote to repeal it. It was an eight to uh, one repeal vote, if I recall. Seeing that shit in person was like actually being in. Remember when we were like in City Hall and like we're like actually like seeing that shit like inside of City Hall. I remember just coming back from college at that point. And that was my first like foray back into like, you know, like Seattle 
politics for real. Like, cause um, and going to there when home, they like, revealed seeing it, seeing them, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was, no, I was there. I was, I was. The internet. I, I was, I was, I was there basically seeing like us, like you know, like packing the hall, like I think, like pushing mm-hmm. for them. I don't know if it was a repeal. I think I was there when they were pushing the vote for it to vote for um, in the first place. Ha- better yeah. day, yeah, happier day. Yeah, yeah uh, when we were pushing to vote for it, but it was still fucking struggle because, like, I see seeing like all that bullshit happen, um, just during it, just to like get the vote off on something that was so basic was just was so crazy to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, what? So those are like three. Um, Fourth person. So, okay. Our Lisa Herbold. Mayor elect. Well, Lisa Herbold was there as, uh, is, as was, um, the district five, uh, what's her name? Uh, Deborah Juarez. Yeah. Um, Juarez. Uh, but yeah, also present on that council was, uh, council president at the time, I believe, uh, yep, our, our incoming mayor, yeah. Ma- Seattle mayor elect Bruce Harrell. Um, so a group of people just, utterly familiar with making complete fucking fools of themselves um, uh, to the detriment of the working class of Seattle. Um, So no doubt if you're listening from some other uh, city, uh, this is basically how your politics go down or uh, will go down in the future as your city becomes uh, more an enclave of uh, the liberal sort of uh, professional elite. As, as you get lucky sucks. and like an Amazon headquarters comes to where you live. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe it'll be a Holloway uh, headquarters next. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be cooler. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be more based. Um, but so, yeah. Anyway, congratulations. I mean, I know a lot of people out there were fucking scared. Like, like this was going to really hurt people and it's coming down the pike. Eventually, eventually they're going to be able to get rid of this thing, but hopefully, it will this will teach some people a fucking lesson that the pandemic really needs to end before they get rid of this um which maybe never so maybe this will end up being permanent um because like people are barely able to you can't live in this city working these service jobs like but people were mm. doing it and they were doing it for the last year with that extra 4 fucking dollars an hour like people have readjusted their lives in the meantime. You know what I mean? Like that was going to take a fucking hit for some people, some people we know. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, congratulations to all of you who will maintain your uh, $4 an hour wage and let this be the last time you, anyone gets confused about anyone in Seattle city government being worth a goddamn other than Shama Sawan. Because yep. Again, like at at best case, these people are fucking stupid. They didn't. Yeah, that's have charitable. To, yeah, they didn't have to do that. They they could have. There's they could have easily voted no. Even if it yeah, was that's the what past, happens when you don't past. have. Yeah, right. They could have voted. I mean, no. That's what happens when you like at least like don't even like have like an that people actually like behind you. Yeah, too, I mean, obviously right? that is like a a major difference between um all of these people and Shama is like you know. Shama comes with a a party, uh, an organization, and a movement. You know. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah, that's uh been your mechanical freak for the week, everybody. Um, you know, check us out on Patreon for the week. Sorry, Cassidy's not here to give like a a pitch that people actually respond to. Oh, though I yeah, no, Cassidy has been juicing our Patreon numbers. 
Check us out on Patreon, like our new friend Chris, who uh, is our newest patron, who we go. can't wait to see in the Discord. Chris, let's uh, go! That's just one of the amenities you get access to when uh, you join for the market price of a Starbucks latte. Uh, Not much, you get, folks. You get, you know, for $5 a month, you get a bunch of extra episodes. Um, you get access to the Discord. Uh, you know, if you're new to the Patreon, which we do have a bunch of new patrons, um, over the last few weeks, um, you know, first of all, somewhere in there, there's a link. If you go in somewhere, there's a place to request an invite or something to the discord. I, I, I I don't know. Uh, also somewhere in there, you, there is an RSS feed link that you can copy and paste into your preferred podcast app where it usually is like add manually or add by RSS or whatever. Um, and that has all the episodes. So you don't have to follow like two feeds, like the main feed and the Patreon feed. It has all of them on that. So if you're new to Patreon, uh, definitely get on that. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll check you next time. Hell yeah. Bye. Bye.